0: not some mirror looking out at the world we're in We are the love, we
1: are the love we I'm Shanna Covey, creator and host of Always Shine Brightly. I named this podcast Always Shine Brightly because I believe that is what we are each here to do. And in times where we feel we're not shining bright, I feel it's still our purpose work through and shift whatever is dimming our light. In this podcast, I'm speaking with guests who I see as bright lights in the world, despite any struggles they may have gone through. The more of us who do this, the better the world becomes. Join us on this shared mission to make the world a brighter place. Welcome to the podcast, Crystal. Thank you for having me. I have one of my best friends with me today. She is, we have known each other since we're, we were 15. Do you remember like the moment we met or I just feel like I have a vague memory of it. But. I do.
0: You were riding a horse <laughs> at, a, at a rodeo.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for those who don't know, <laughs> I grew up going to uh, competing in youth rodeos <laughs> and we you were friends with one of my best friends, Kaylin, and I feel like uh, at 15, you were just like, that's something to go do on a on a Saturday is to go see what's going on here. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have that memory. And then I don't actually remember a ramp up time to becoming close friends. I just remember being close friends. Yeah,
0: it was kind of like after that, we were just friends and hung out.
1: Yeah, we were yeah. pretty much
0: mm-hmm. um, inseparable mm-hmm. and have
1: been that way for the last like 25 years. It's been a A journey with a lot of adventures and a lot of fun and a lot of growing Mm -hmm. and I feel like you're a part of my friend group that I would say has like the same kind of very very similar like upbringing similar ways of seeing the world Mm -hmm. and then as we grew like of course you you know sometimes you challenge some of those views and like move in another direction or come across something that may challenge it and I feel like you were someone that I could go to and be like hey, so I'm kind of seeing okay. this this way now. Are you seeing it that way? And we would kind of have these discussions and be able to grow together. Mm-hmm. Um, but just kind of giving an overview of some of our journey and some of our friendship from that time of being 15, just hanging out in in high school, spending our time together. We went to two different high schools. You, Even though we only lived about 15, Eighteen minutes away. I was was gonna (laughs) say an average. I was gonna do like a fifteen minute thing. I thought no, thirteen miles. Thirteen miles, (laughs) eighteen minutes in a car. (laughs) We spent so much time together, and um, and you went to you went to a magnet high school, and so that's kind of interesting. I would like to hear a little bit about like how was that going from. You grew up, you went to elementary and junior high, and then you made this choice to go to this other school. I went to the same school from elementary to middle school to high school. So it was that, I don't know anything about changing schools in the middle of, of everything I know. How was that transition for you and kind of like what prompted that
0: that journey? Um, Mainly an academic journey at that point. I had these big dreams of I wanted to be a medical doctor at that point in time and it was just an opportunity to go to a, a school that focused on that and focused strictly on academics, mm-hmm. um, and it was very challenging. It was a, definitely a more challenging environment than where I was in middle school, so I think it really prepared me for college. Mm-hmm. Um, felt like I lost out on some stuff because they didn't have, like, the football team and <laughs> homecoming and all that kind of cool stuff, but I got to experience some of that in college, so it was all right. But But, uh, that's true.
1: We uh, and we also went to college together. Yeah, we both went to Texas A&M, spent time there together. We didn't we didn't live together, but it was almost like we did because I was at y'all's house all the time.
0: You were the fourth roommate. (laughs) I
1: was the fourth roommate. And then just kind of like skipping ahead a little bit. Once we finished finished college, we both ended up living together in our early 20s in for those who are familiar with the area in New Braunfels, which Mm -hmm. is kind of close to San Antonio, between San Antonio and Austin. And I was still actually working in Houston at the time, but uh, for an accounting firm. And we had a client in New Braunfels and they had me working on that client for long term. And instead of staying in a hotel every night, I said, hey, would you like to split the rent of my friend's rent? And like, what a good deal for you (laughs) for them. And it was just like so much fun to be able to share that time. Mm -hmm. And then at a certain point, I ended up going to work for that company full time, coming here full time. And we had our journey of finding the infamous rent house together.
0: Talk to us about that story. Well, we were looking for a house and we were trying to stay at a certain price point. So there weren't lots of options. I feel like we had the college Um, mentality mm -hmm. of rent still. Yeah. And uh, this opportunity fell in my lap with somebody I worked with. So I, on a whim, drove over and looked at it and... There were some college guys living there, so it definitely needed a female touch and, we, like, and a little drove... TLC.
1: <laughs> we only did a drive-by. Yeah. like Maybe you went and looked at it more. Yeah. We...
0: I looked more in the windows, I guess. I hadn't even gone in, but I thought, we can make this work. We can we can do it, and with some cleaning and painting and blood, sweat, and tears, <laughs> we made it livable. Yes, and uh, it was fun. It was a yeah. super fun experience, and we always
1: laugh about how cheap the rent was and what the situation was. I know. Was.
0: It was awesome. And getting to live in New Braunfels, be near the river and every all the fun stuff to do there that young. I mean, I still live there, so I obviously like the atmosphere, but it was great. It was a great time.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I completely agree. I mm-hmm. just think like um, I'm kind of thinking about our journey. Like, of course, we we did a couple years of living together, and then you left just temporarily to go to Caldwell to work there or to mm-hmm. go back to A&M and work mm-hmm. there. Well, I think it's kind of interesting about your <clears throat> professional career is you're one of the few people of our generation who worked for the same company for a really 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 long mm-hmm. time. Uh, you're you worked for you worked for a food service how do you say it? It's a contractor for the school yeah, district contractor. Yeah. For the for food the service sco-
0: management company.
1: Food service yeah. management mm-hmm. company. And you what I think is really cool is that I feel like you were kind of put into a position of leadership kind of early on. Like mm-hmm. I mean, you were promoted fairly quickly in mm-hmm. How was that like going into a leadership position so I don't know if you felt it was early on I'm just saying
0: um being in my early 20s and managing most people who were older than me was was challenging at times um but I don't know it it's just something that it kind of came naturally once I got into it and I learned to build rapport and trust pretty quickly with the people that I worked with. So it ended up it working out well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've always thought that you were so good at... <laughs> one of the things I thought you were so good at is that you were always able to delegate, whereas I feel oh, like... yeah, some, delegate. I, <laughs> yeah, I feel like some people have a hard time with that <laughs> because they feel there's a... Maybe they feel more stress and more fear around mm-hmm. letting go of control. Mm-hmm. And so they end up maybe overworking themselves Sure. and also carrying on an unnecessary unnecessary layer of stress that I felt like not to say you never had stress but I Mm -hmm. felt like you had walked that line of managing like how to be at work without it being all-consuming how to get things done how to delegate and trust your people and also how to show up and have tough conversations when Mm -hmm. if a tough conversation was needed you never shied away from it you were willing to go and have that conversation Mm -hmm. and I feel like those are just like all great leadership skills and great leadership qualities that hopefully have probably transferred in, over into your personal life whenever that has been needed
0: as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, I was sharing with you earlier today that I don't like confrontation. I feel like as I get older, I shy away from it. Maybe even a little bit more, but. When I have to have the conversation, I can do it. Yes, yes.
1: It's just yes, (laughs) you can. Because I'm worse about confrontation than you. I'm like, really, like,
0: no, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, like, really, I mean... I think there's so much that we can share in our friendship. And one of the things that drew me to wanting to bring you on to this podcast is, um, of course, I want to share you. I want to share all my friends because I love y'all dearly. And I think y'all are incredible people. And something that I'm so grateful for, like when I go through my gratitude on a daily thing, is I'm always so grateful for the good people that have been placed in my life. I feel like I've never had like a toxic relationship whether it's with a friendship or with someone you've dated I've never had to experience what it's like not to have good people around right. me yeah and so I have tons of gratitude for that I have tons of gratitude for you being in my life for 25 years and for the other circle the other group of girls that we have and yeah. the other pockets of friends that I have mm-hmm. and it's just been such a beautiful thing to be able to have that kind of Trust and loyalty without even thinking twice that it would be, Mm -hmm. could be any different or would be any different. So I'm extremely grateful for you to be in my life as a part of that (laughs) thank you for that I feel Um, the same way Oh, thank you and so we we just have been able to share so much have so much joy in our adventures both in like actual adventures of traveling and going Mm -hmm. out to Big Ben and doing backpacking hikes and being into going to concerts and going to Texas country Mm -hmm. music concerts we spent like a lot of years of like that was the big thing every Mm -hmm. Thursday Friday Saturday night (laughs) yeah And I think we walked through our 20s still being able to be almost like an extension of our time in college because we weren't we didn't we weren't in serious relationships. Mm-hmm. We didn't get married. At, you know, you are now married and have a child. But there was this whole time of like our 20s and even into our 30s where we just kind of like still had that almost carefree carefree yeah, almost like slumber party mentality yeah. of hanging out and spending night at each other's houses and just having a lot of fun. And of course, there was a lot of growth in that time. I know, like for me, and I've shared on the podcast before, my big thing that I was always searching for was searching for my purpose. And I felt like I was looking for fulfillment through something that I did, through something Mm -hmm. that I had some mission or something Mm -hmm. to pour myself into. And as I've shared on the podcast, I. There, the idea that something is missing is something that needs to be healed and Mm -hmm. when we heal that we start to come from a place of overflow Mm -hmm. i think one of i think you toyed with that a little bit of like finding that purpose but i think your bigger thing was finding like the one Mm -hmm. and when would you say like that was kind of like if you were to ask like what's the thing that you think is missing was that kind of like the big thing sure
0: in my 20s I was never a person who thought, well, I have to be with someone to be happy. I think you can be happy single. I think you can be happy in a relationship. And I think you can be miserable either way as well, depending on your situation. So I always knew that I really wanted to be a wife and I really wanted to be a mother. And I thought it's going to happen in God's timing. And it's hard to have that patience, especially when you're in your mid to late 20s and you have tons of friends getting married. I was in lots of weddings and all that kind of stuff, but at the same time, I was still having a great time um, through part of that. I was still, you know, playing in the band, so I was doing that kind of stuff on the weekends, and and it was it was great. But yeah, always in the back of my mind, I was always thinking like, well, when is it gonna happen? <laughs> 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 I'm ready, <laughs> right? Yeah. And
1: and. <clears throat> also want to jump into that you had mentioned that you were in a band, mm-hmm. and can you just tell us a little bit about that? What was your role in the band, and how did you feel about that? Was it a passion for you? How how was that yeah, experience? Yeah, well,
0: I, I started taking violin lessons when I was seven, and mainly focused on that till I got into high school, and my dad really wanted me to play the fiddle, so he uh, he took me to Tony Pickens, a fiddle teacher who I started with, and at that point, my brother was already playing, and... Uh, Nick's looking at me back there. It's making me laugh. Sorry. We're, in, we're in Lawrence's <laughs> studio, who also is in musician. Yes. He a lot of the same people we do. So anyway, my dad really wanted me to play the fiddle. And I did, too. I did, too. And um was taking lessons with that for a while. And honestly, once I got further into high school, I kind of lost interest in it. And I stopped taking lessons. And then I went to College Station to visit my brother, who was in college. Because he's, a,
1: he's mm-hmm. about five
0: years old, yes, six years, five, six season. years older than me. And he was playing with his band at the Hall of Fame, which is no longer there, sadly <laughs> enough. But I saw him playing in that band and I was like, whoa, I want to do that. What did I, you know,
1: like? What did you see? What drew you? What I was this particular thing? I,
0: I don't know. I mean, I love music. I've always loved music, you know, that about me. And I don't know. It was just something that died. I just thought, man, I want to do that. I want well, to play. Up. Yeah. And, um, didn't really get the opportunity for a while. Jim was still in college, but I did kind of pick the fiddle back up again. And after he graduated and he, they'd all kind of moved on, you know, that's when he approached me and said, let's do this. Let's do it together. And we did for a long time. It was so, a,
1: you had like a seven-year run, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Traveling uh, every weekend yeah, to new place. For a long time, it was a lot of fun. And then for me, once I you know got the full-time job and was trying to have a career, too, I kind of had to make a choice with that. And um, I liked playing music. I didn't feel like I personally had the talent to go on to the next level. It was just my didn't own personal. I not think it was a yeah. talent mm-hmm. thing. I just thought it was like a desire thing. A little bit of both. Okay. Um I'll always love music. I'll always love going to listen to live music, but the drive wasn't there for me Mm -hmm. to keep putting the effort into it, to making that my life. So um, I, you know, finally made the decision to, to not keep doing it full time or all the time like I was. And I would still pick it up every once in a while. And, this point, it's been almost three years, but I'm going to have to bust it out for my son at some point. Oh, so. yes,
1: yes, because I think yeah. three years ago was at your wedding. Uh, yes,
0: at my wedding was the last time I actually played. So my husband is telling me, you know, you're going to have to play for him at some point. So I will.
1: Well, something that yeah. I, I remember you mentioning to me years ago, kind of when I was going through my stage of like trying to figure out what it is like, that I want to do, kind mm-hmm. of feel feel that something is missing, and thinking that I wanted to figure out my purpose and go for it. And I remember, I remember, I guess I had like a limited view of what that could look like mm-hmm. because I would think like, man, if you have a specific talent, then you just pour all your energy into that and you go for that thing and with you playing the fiddle I remember looking around at my friends with talent and I was like well that's really interesting because they could just like channel their energy they could make the choice and channel your energy in this one particular direction and then be fulfilled through Mm -hmm. going through Mm -hmm. that thing and I remember you just telling me like you just kind of said like I have no desire to be famous or to pursue it in that way Mm -hmm. and I thought I took that in and I thought, oh, well, that's really good because you knew yourself well enough to know what you wanted and mm-hmm. what you didn't want. And you didn't falsely chase after something. Yeah. You didn't chase it for the wrong reasons. You knew when you needed to kind of like exit exit that chapter right. of your life. And anyway, so I just appreciated that insight. You weren't like doing telling me that as a lesson, but it yeah. was an insight that you had shared with me. And I was like, wow, well, that, that's really interesting. And um and that, of course, like over time, like I started to figure out my process mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to look like all the big things you think like, right. oh, you're going to be an actor. You move to L.A. You do this whole thing. you are be a musician. You do that. Like there's all, of course, a million different ways to fall to understand and follow the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you were you were uncovering and unpacking the desires of your heart. And maybe today you're probably living that mm-hmm. you're probably living that. If you would want to talk a little bit about like, what does it look like in your that picture maybe that you were holding in your mind in your 20s to where you're living your life today as to like what you thought a fulfilled life would look like living
0: um well I mean meeting my husband and you know finding the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with and and then having our child I mean once you become a mother that's obviously your main focus in life um and that is my focus in life right now and I do feel very It's strange for me to feel settled Mm -hmm. with quotes because the last several years have been just crazy stuff every year. And I feel like even this year over the holidays, I was like, I don't know what my next thing is. You know, like Like
1: you want to channel your
0: energy into something, even though you're
1: channeling mm -hmm. it into motherhood. And of course, being a wife and having your own career, you have this thread of wanting to channel it into Mm -hmm. another another thing
0: well and it's like my whole life is you know it's always been on that finish school you know maybe start your career whatever you're gonna do then get married have the baby buy the house you know it's mm-hmm. always on and on and on and like I feel like we've done all that now so what's next you know and it's exciting to be in that part of my life to feel that settled where I can just really think what do I want to do next you know, and then so
1: And I'm sensing that that what next Mm -hmm. is coming more from a place of contentedness instead of a place of discontent.
0: Exactly. So you're
1: coming from this like already overflowing, like my life is overflowing. I'm just curious about this next adventure, Mm -hmm. how things could look versus I think what a lot of people get caught up in is the what what next thread is coming Mm -hmm. from a sense of lack. Like I'm not enough. I need to pursue X to feel enough or to be enough or to be seen as enough or, and you can insert enough in any way you want rather, Mm -hmm. you know, however that particular attribute looks for you. And so I think that you probably had some of that earlier in life. I think we all have. Mm -hmm. And then you start to learn like, you know, how do you come from a more of a place of contentedness and a place of overflow. Right. And, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to bring you on the podcast is because I feel that you had what we call the accident. We mm-hmm. had an accident seven years ago in one week and one day. <laughs> it's kind
0: of like my life was, was before the accident and after the accident. It's definitely a de- defining moment. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I would say mm-hmm. so. And I,
1: I mean, I want you to tell the story, but just as like before we jump into it, one of the biggest things that I have been so inspired by and also grateful for is that is the way you move through the situation with grace. So if you wouldn't mind helping the audience mm-hmm. understand, like, what happened
0: okay. on December 21st, 2012? Um, interestingly enough, I had been working for the same company for over 10 years and really just kind of wanted to change and I was single at the time and I had saved up some money and I was in a position where, um, I had decided to quit my job and, uh, <laughs> to the dismay of my parents, but, um, it was a decision that I had made and I was, uh, I had gotten my real estate license and was thinking about trying to do something with that, but I really just had, was going to have some time on my hands and I was very excited about that. Um, and so my last day of work, Friday, December 21st, 2012, um, Went out with some people that I worked with after work, went out to dinner, and then went back to a close friend's house in San Marcos who had a swimming pool and a hot tub and a fire pit in their backyard. It's like the ultimate entertaining place. And uh, we were all hanging out, and we were going to get in the hot tub. They'd actually just got in the hot tub, and it was pretty chilly outside. And I had already changed because I was excited about getting in the hot tub. Mm-hmm. And everybody else went in the house. So I was outside by myself for probably two or three minutes. I mean, I, I once we get into this part of the story, I think I told you some of it I've blocked out. maybe right. Subconsciously right. or whatever. Um, and I remember sitting at a chair and getting up to walk around. I believe I was walking around the fire pit to go pet one of the dogs. I don't remember exactly. What my purpose was and getting up to walk around, I just, everything kind of went, goes fuzzy after that because I slipped and then I was in the fire pit. You, you fell backwards. Mm-hmm. I fell backwards into the fire pit. Um, I'm laying on burning logs and I cannot get out. I'm scrambling. And no one's outside. Yeah, nobody's outside. And I finally got myself out because I put my hand on one of the burning logs to push myself out. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so my first instinct, once I finally got myself out of it, was to jump in the swimming pool because I just thought uh, my skin's burning. I should put water on it, you know? So Mm -hmm. I thought that. And then I got out and it was cold, obviously, because it was cold outside. But I thought, it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. I really, I think my adrenaline had, Mm -hmm. had kicked in. So I made the walk down the sidewalk into the back of the house. And, you know, my friends in there and the family that live there who I'm still close to to this day, um, the father was a CNA and hey, so um, a nursing assistant. And so he had experience in the medical field and, and um, you know, he saw me and I was all wet. And of course, everybody is coming over at that point saying, what happened, Crystal? And I said, it's okay, guys, I'm fine. I fell in the fire pit. But I just got out and I'm fine. Like, I've, mm-hmm. I really felt OK at that point. And he turned me around and looked at my back and he was like, oh, my God. You mm-hmm. know, and I could see the look on his face. He's like, you have to go to the hospital now. Mm-hmm. He said, you don't understand. In a few minutes, your adrenaline's going to wear off and you're going to be in the worst pain of your life. And I was like, I'm really fine. I'm really, you know, mm-hmm. I kept telling him that over and over and over. Well, they threw me in the car. And they took me to the hospital. And before we got to the hospital, I was starting to feel the pain. And so at that point, we get to the hospital. They're calling my family. I know they had called you guys because I remember Mm -hmm. looking up and seeing you there. Mm -hmm. And um, then they took me by ambulance from uh, San Marcos, or it was Kyle, the Seton Hospital, to BAMC in San Antonio. So... I don't remember a whole lot about being in the ambulance. Like I said, it was all fuzzy at that point. And then we get to BMC. They take me out. They immediately take me into this, you know, stainless steel room and turn, like, this huge shower on, and they start scraping my back. And so I was burned um, on my back and my arms very badly. It was full, mm-hmm. fully on your back, Mainly, like not yeah. just
1: parts of it. It's, like, 100% Well, coverage.
0: most of the bottom... Like 75% of my back, the mm-hmm. top part of my back, or beneath my neck, mm-hmm. none of that was burned. And so, I mean, I can't, I remember that being the worst of the pain was when they were doing that. And I was crying. And I remember the nurse explaining to me the, how important it was we had to do it to prevent infection. And, mm-hmm. you know, it had to be done. And so I got through that. I got put into a room. Still hadn't seen my parents or anything. My mom and dad showed up. And that was very emotional Mm -hmm. when they got there. Um, And then the days kind of just went on like that for a while. Like it happened on the 21st and every morning they would come get me up and they would have to do that whole process. It was awful. It was horrible. Mm -hmm. There was no amount of pain medication I could take to really help it. Mm -hmm. But you just had to go through it. Mm -hmm. And um, they let me go home on Christmas Day. I
1: remember
0: that. And my mom really wanted to take me home. At first... I didn't think it was a great idea. Um, and looking back, it really wasn't because I I couldn't get comfortable at home and stuff like that. But was home for Christmas Day. The next day, went back to the hospital. And they had put these, um, I, can't, I can't remember the was material they are made of, no? almost like a compression type stuff on me. And I had left it on and my mom had to keep keeping it wet, like mm. pouring water on it. And it stuck to me. Oh, so, yeah. So then they have to kind of like peel it off of me, which mm-hmm. was horrible again. Mm-hmm. So it was just the, the pain part was was really bad up until that point. And I finally got some relief after really having a serious <laughs> come to Jesus meeting with the doctor about the pain part, because I just didn't understand why they couldn't get that under control. And they finally did. It got a little better. But from there thought I was through the worst of it, but I had to have skin graft surgery. So they had to take skin off the top of my back and off my, like the side in order to make the skin grafts. And that's the after effects of that are as painful as being burned because they take your top layer skin off. So, um, got through the surgery, was in the hospital for a total of three weeks. Um, finally got to go home. I mean, I went back to my parents' house. My mom took a leave of absence from work. She was an angel. She took care of me 24 hours a day and um I was there. I was at home for a good at least a month with her taking care of me every single day because it was such a process every day to clean it. At least at that point, I could take enough pain medication where I could Sleep. deal with it, mm-hmm. you know. Um so it was somewhere around my birthday in February that I finally got to go back to my house, you know, after the whole thing had happened. And mind you, this is supposed to be the time that I'm like, you know, kind of figuring out what mm-hmm. my next move is, what I want to do. And, yeah. and this just gets all thrown in the middle of it. Um. So, yeah, I mean, that's the, the story in a gist. That yeah, That's yeah. like the story, mm-hmm. the physical story. Mm-hmm. And so I
1: feel like with accidents like this and especially with um with being burned and having like you know what that does I feel like there's also an emotional healing aspect to the story and something that I noticed thankfully so quickly and inspiringly is that I feel like your emotional journey through this process was a really like a flip a switch like I don't feel like you had a massive emotional journey and I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to I'm tr- I'm using this as the highest compliment and that I feel like you moved through it with grace in terms of not crumbling under what had occurred. Mm-hmm. But to me, I feel like one of the biggest things is you woke up or came through the situation grateful for mm-hmm. your life and I know there was a huge outpouring of support. Yes. People visiting Facebook, messages, texting, calling, all of it. Yes. I feel like you connected to love, and I think you connected to gratitude. Now, maybe there is an underlying story mm-hmm. of more, of like more things you were sure. dealing with under sure. the surface. But I do know that you shared, like, there you've shared a story of another person that you didn't actually meet. But mm-hmm. I don't know how y'all were connected. But another person who had been burned mm-hmm. and was struggling emotionally through it, mm-hmm. and it took her a lot longer to come to terms with what had happened but with you can you share more the emotional journey of like what that was
0: well in general I think I've always been a pretty positive person Mm -hmm. um and after it happened there would be times where I'd start feeling sorry for myself and I did have a ton of support. I mean, I I was just blown away when I was in the hospital. How many people came to visit me all the time? You, of course, every day, keeping me in coffee and, (laughs) and visiting. And, you know, my parents were there every single day and extended family and friends. And I always had that positive support system. I did have some dark moments. I mean, I would have when you're female, especially and something like this happens. The first thing you think is, you know, I mean, like I... Can I will never wear a bikini again. Mm-hmm. Not that's that's the end of the world, but when you're a girl, right. you know, and yeah. when you're somebody who's And you're a water person. Mm-hmm, yeah. You're a huge and water I've person. always been, you know, for the most part, tall and skinny and could wear whatever I wanted. And now, like, that's just gone, you mm-hmm. know. And so, you know, feelings of vanity and attractiveness and all that kind of stuff comes into it. And another underlying fear I had was that. My body had been through so much trauma. I mean, I always wanted to have kids, but Mm -hmm. was I going to be able to, you know? So I had some of those kind of big-time fears going on. Um, But I would go to Bamsi a lot to have doctor's appointments and things, and I would walk in, and there were a lot of soldiers there Mm -hmm. coming back who— had it way worse than me. Mm, that's, um, a good, that's a good yeah, perspective. Something that was pointed out to me, and it was almost in a joking manner, but it really wasn't funny looking back on it, is that somebody said, man, well, you could have fallen on your face. You you know? Know? Yeah, it's yeah about, you, you know, that's yeah, your money that your maker money yeah. or something like that. Yeah, and and I could have. I could yeah, have fallen you, forward yeah, and, and, and burned my face off and my hair and everything else. I mean, so it could have been so much worse. and seeing what other people were going through it was like it's kind of hard to feel sorry for myself when there's these people have it a lot worse than i do
1: yeah. um,
0: and to come through it and i healed i mean really i healed beautifully like even mm-hmm. when i go to the doctor now for checkups people always say wow like your skin grafts came out so smooth i don't have any underlying physical issues afterwards mm-hmm. i can do everything I mean, you after. swam that mm-hmm. summer. You did yeah. not have to
1: stop your yeah. love of being in the river, which yeah. New Braunfels mm-hmm. is
0: so known for tubing and
1: hanging out at yeah. the river, yeah. which is one of your favorite favorite things. Mm-hmm. Well, water in you, yeah. really. Yeah. But I, I always thought it was so great that you just put on what are they called a rash guard, like yeah. the surfer long sleeves or, or the fishing shirts they make or the shirt. now. Or yeah, whatever. you it's, just you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the way I see it is once you are physically. Killed. Mm-hmm. once you did the three weeks in the hospital and the month with your mom however long it mm-hmm. took to to come to feel like physically healthy you didn't let it slow you down right you never let it slow you yeah. down you're like yeah like you said you may not you didn't wear like the same type of summer shirt that you may have worn right. the
0: time before but and that stuff that stuff after you get through it seems kind of petty um but i think the biggest if there was a lesson in it overall is that If I think I'm having a bad day now, like Mm -hmm. maybe something's going on at work or, you know, whatever, something's just not right or whatever, I can think back on that and think, this really isn't a bad day.
1: It (laughs) minimizes all the trivial.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It really does. And a day that I wake up and I'm not in pain, it's like. Yeah, this is a good day. <laughs> Every day is a good day.
1: I love <laughs> but, yeah. it. I, I, that's why yeah. I say that's why I just highlight that you move through the situation with Grace. I mean, mm. you just you're a rock star, a rock star through this whole thing. And I'm not saying that mm. you, you weren't like, um, you know, being mad at the doctors mm-hmm. sure for not getting your pain, con- yeah, pain stuff was a little control, a little crazy. you know, whatever <laughs> that's called, pain management under control. But in terms of moving through through it, not letting it hold you back from life, and continuing to be the person who Mm -hmm. you are, the Mm -hmm. person before, and of course, all that came through from what you learned through the situation, and I find it beautiful that about one year later, your life had another chapter open up.
0: Yeah, sorry, I had had roommates for a really long time at my house in New Braunfels, and it just sort of naturally progressed that I didn't have roommates anymore. So I was living alone, which I was fine with. Mm-hmm. And um, I had been, I guess it was it was pretty much almost exactly six months. I'd been living alone in my house. I had gone back to work. Um, and I came up on the one-year anniversary of my accident, got through that. And like a week later, which tomorrow will be the six-year anniversary, uh, my husband and I met. That's so cool. Randomly introduced through a mutual friend who sent me a text message and said, I got this guy I want you to meet. And I was at home and my PJ's like, oh, <laughs> you know. But I was like, yeah, I don't have anything else to do. Let's just go check it out, you know. And the rest is history. So that's cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so you great.
1: were you were set up, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I mean, but actually, it's quite a big deal for you to be straight chilling in front of the TV in loungewear <laughs> to be able to say yes, I'm going to get up and I'm going to get ready and I'm going to yeah. put makeup on. I'm going to get dressed yeah. and I'm going to go and potentially meet someone. Mm-hmm. That actually is quite a big deal because I you as I like to jokingly say, are a an adventurous homebody. Yes. So you can be totally adventurous and you're a social butterfly. Mm-hmm. But when you're in homebody mode, you I are like in home. homebody yep. mode. So there was like a divine intervention and in being like, Crystal, you know what? This is a good yeah. thing to get up and go and do. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good chapter, a good door to walk through. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. And so. and so then y'all had a beautiful story. Like you mm. both you we both similar in age, not -hmm. been married, dated, got married a couple years later. And Mm -hmm. then the next thing, the next beautiful chapter that Mm -hmm. was an underlying fear that you had Mm -hmm. shared earlier Mm -hmm. occurs.
0: Yeah. I mean, as soon as we got married in February of 2017, my son came along in November. So we were very, very blessed in that area. And I don't take that for granted. I have Lots of friends and even family members who struggled with fertility and all that. So, for it to be that simple or easy for me um, to have my beautiful son, I don't take it for granted. It's amazing, perfect. I love so, it. Yeah. And I
1: think, I think that the infertility challenge is not supposed to be your challenge. Yeah. I think you had your own challenge. <laughs> I think you had and it. You told me that yeah. before. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just see that everyone. Yeah. Everyone has a a catalyst and challenge or multiple catalysts Mm -hmm. and multiple challenges that are my soulful perspective is that we are coming here to know ourselves as souls. And so even this is what I believe prior Mm -hmm. to incarnating prior to being born and coming into this reality, we are kind of like agreeing to the potential for the growth that we have in this life to learn ourselves uh, to become aware of ourselves Mm -hmm. at a deeper nature and, of course, we forget all of that. We come here veiled and we come here that we don't remember that, oh, yeah, I said I was going to be strong enough for all this. So, right. like, at a certain point, you, like, your soul was like, you're strong enough to go through the yeah. challenges that were set before you. And it was leading to a certain a certain growth on your mm-hmm. journey. And I just believe you just knocked the ball out of the park <laughs> <laughs> and being able to to move through all that. And I hope that's an encouraging way to look at it and not like a kind of like an odd way to look at it, given that there's an accident involved. But I just feel like it still it just opens you up to who you right. are on a deeper level.
0: It takes you. it, it And it puts things in perspective. Mm-hmm. Like you said, even with just everyday life, if you think you're having a bad day over some silly little thing, you're you're really not. Yes, <laughs> and, yes. Minimizing the <laughs> trivial.
1: Yeah. And I think that we can all use that. We can all like, and that's why I think your story is inspiring. Like we can remember that. We can remember mm-hmm. the story and we can think about it. As we're going through our own Mm -hmm. challenges, our own annoyances, our own grievances at whatever micro level they may be, anything that shifts that perspective is going to um, just help us like get back in balance, Mm -hmm. get back in like, oh, yeah, this is a better way to see that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. How how has it been over like your growth journey these last few years? Like, you know, you you went through it. You met the love of your life. Mm -hmm. You have the beautiful baby. You have things are going for you at this. Are things just like good Are we're we're going in just
0: a beautiful way? Are you still like having things that you're learning and growing from? Oh, I think I see myself as always learning and growing. I mean, definitely learning and growing in my relationship with my husband and how we relate to each other. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for me to grow there. And, um, and I mean that in a positive way, like, um, and being a mother and just enjoying him and, and loving him and nurturing him and raising him to be the the type of person I want him to be. Like, it's just that those are the things that I'm doing self introspection on right now Mm -hmm. is how to be a better mother, better wife, better friend, you know, um, but Feeling a little bit, like I touched on earlier, feeling kind of complacent mm-hmm. and feeling settled. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I want to do anything crazy, but kind of like, yeah, what's what's my, my next thing maybe? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what that is. You don't me. have any, uh, like a thread of thought? that no, you No, no. I mean, of course, everybody wants to know, are you going to have a second kid? Well, <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. Um, right now, there's no plans for that, but, you know. We'll see what the future holds.
1: That's true. Well, I mean, I love seeing yeah. you as a mother. You yeah. know, I think you you're you totally light up. Mm. Like he's like you put this on Facebook, yes. but I see it, mm-hmm. I witness
0: it, and he's your he's the light of your life. Yes, he is. Um, you're a little boy, you always want a little boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always wanted a little boy. Yep, and I would have been happy either way, but I was pretty thrilled that it was a boy. Won't lie. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm super thrilled
1: mm-hmm. with. Just like all the wonderful things that you have going on in your life with where you are, where you're you're settled in a way that you can just feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. But you're also extrapolating what you can from a growth perspective Mm -hmm. and a growth journey. And like you said, part of your moving into the new year, you wanted to increase the self-introspection in these certain areas you just shared. Mm -hmm. I think that's always good and always like something I would share with people that are tuning in is to be like you know where where can you increase your Mm self-introspection in order to just come deeper into who you are and that's Mm -hmm. always going to lead to more peace more fulfillment and I think when we get our lives oriented from the perspective that peace can be known fulfillment can be known and if we orient our our journey on understanding kind of like the roots of like where that comes from, then we can look at when we're out of alignment with mm-hmm. that and understand how to move back into right. alignment with it. I think also that's how you gain speed on your on the path, which mm-hmm. would just be deepening in peace and, and deepening in, in love and mm-hmm. light and wisdom and higher intelligence and all of that kind of stuff. You gain speed on it because you start to understand the inner workings of of your your emotions mm-hmm. and you, you you actually identify, uh, you orient on a soul journey, you orient on, if you're orienting on peace, if you're orienting on fulfillment, if you're orienting on these different things, it gives you a particular lens to see your experiences through mm-hmm. instead of just being all over the place or being caught in the world's conditioning of how they think a situation should be observed. It mm-hmm. just And it just helps you speed up and move through things a lot faster. Sure. So. Um, uh, but I am like mm-hmm. just super, I'm super excited that you are willing to come and share on the podcast and especially sharing like such a sensitive subject and mm-hmm. story. And I know that people will be left inspired by your willingness to do that. Thank
0: you. I <laughs> and incur the, the opportunity to do it. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: we can always come back and, and revisit on the yeah. podcast and do more of these conversations. But again, thank you so mm-hmm. much.
0: I love you. Love you too. <laughs> Thanks. We are the love we are the love we give
1: The music on the podcast is a song I fell in love with called We Are The Love We Give by Imaginary Future. It's available everywhere music is sold.